everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Grassroots Roundtable Podcast, a podcast that's just a discussion between a couple of local church leaders. We got a actually several topics today we're going to get into in, in just a few minutes. In the meantime, I am the A-game, Adam Bailey, an elder of Grassroots Church here in the Greenbrier Valley, West Virginia, joined again, as always, by the Diet Dr. Pepper chugging main man himself, lead elder of Grassroots Church, Darren Cherry. Yeah, not not my preference, but it's all they had in the pot machine in the mall. Hey, special shout out to whoever left the Kool-Aid pouch in the fridge in the upper room. It is delightful. <laughs> You're welcome. I don't think we bought. Did you buy that? Gosh. The grassroots buy the Kool-Aid. It's like a Capri Sun, but. I don't know how long it's been in there. Oh, it's really good. It says it's got an expiration date on the back of November 2021. Balling. I'm, I'm doing it. <laughs> a little experiment. They say that the food expiration date is actually a lie to make you go buy more food. Have you ever heard that? I have heard that it's I've heard that it's actually not an expiration date, but it's like they need to sell it by then. <laughs> so well, that makes sense. Before we started recording, I took a drink of the Kool-Aid pouch and it <gasps> triggered did. my asthma for yes. some reason. And I ask you and I quote, man, does Kool-Aid pouch trigger asthma? And then you just said we're recording, and I was like, "Oh, oh, snap!" But maybe, maybe the expiration date triggered my asthma. Maybe if it if it wasn't expired, it would not have triggered. Well, possibly. We'll we'll figure it out here in just a few minutes. Hey, Darren, uh, I've talked to you about this. It's time to bring our listeners in. I'm making a change, and I think you're on board. I am. I will no longer refer to our listeners as listeners. Matter of fact, this is the last time I will call them listeners. From now on, enemies. Bitter rivals. Rivals. Rivalries. No, friends. 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 Thank you, friends, for listening. We appreciate it. Because the way I see it, this podcast, it's not just me and you at a round table. I mean, it is, literally. But in a more metaphorical sense, we got like, I don't know, four other people who listen weekly that are in a metaphorical sense around that metaphorical table of discussion with us. Well, that was the original intent is we had a lot of people ask us or tell us they'd love to be the fly on the wall in the conversations you and I had. And we're like, let's do it. And so, yeah, they are a part. You are, friends, a part of this conversation. And uh, we don't have any merch. We'll never have merch. But, hey, if you see me out on the street corner referring to someone as a friend, you can assume that they are someone who frequents this podcast. I'm just picturing me out on the street corner being like, hello, friend, to total random stranger. I would. I would. If if you knew they listened to the podcast. Darren, this should be an interesting podcast. This is going to be interesting, yeah. Because you and I are both in a unique place. I woke up at 2.30 last night, had a doctor appointment this morning. Had a good lunch, though. Very good lunch. So here's, here's I was thinking about this, I was getting in the car, because we just came from the asylum. We had some wings enjoyed them, but there's something about me personally that I don't even, I don't think anybody knows, but I hate when I've eaten and it feels like I have something in my teeth, like, like if I smile. You feel that too? I feel the same way. Like I, like it drives me nuts. Like I keep from smiling because I'm afraid there's something in my teeth. I don't want you smiling at me anyway. And well, I never do. Um, but it was like, I hate when that happens. And and I hope you take this the right way. I'm not gonna be able to see it anyway. <laughs> I said, this is why Adam and I are perfect to be best friends. Bro, if I see something in your teeth, there is something in your teeth. <laughs> I think I'm missing a tooth or something. But I was like, you know what? I can just laugh and smile, and it doesn't matter. Yeah, if I make a visual observation that something is askew, something's really jacked up. <laughs> yeah, you know, I kind of feel the same way. Like, my mouth is really dry. Uh, thank you for the last K-Cup pod. Yeah, hey, so good. Saved I, it for you, buddy. Friends, we had one. Actually, well, let me, let's me let walk back a little bit. I needed coffee because I'm, I'm kind of struggling on the whole energy thing. And I'm like, hey, Darren, we got any, uh, any more coffee up there? And you're like, well, we got one that uh, I would like to give to you. I saved it for you, and which set off alarm bells in my head. I was like, nah, I totally was going to drink that. But you're just a nice guy either way. There were two left, and yesterday I had one, and I knew we were recording today. I was like, 
I'll save the last one for Adam. I appreciate it. It was good. Did you see good. how quickly I drank that? You did. Well, it we it sat over there talking gone. for a while, too. But yeah, That's what happens. Yeah. yeah. Uh, friends, if you all didn't know, of course, we spend time at the asylum talking for a while. And then we got up here to my office, and we were just sitting at my desk talking for a while. And I think you and I, what did we do? Was it two weeks ago? We had breakfast, and then we recorded and then we went, <laughs> and then we went lunch. about lunch. Yeah. Jesse's like, what'd you do today? And I was like, oh, I hung out with Darren for s- six hours. I <laughs> <laughs> yeah, appreciate the company. I-, I mean it when I say this. I don't feel like <laughs> six hours. We always said, we. I've always believed that we would be the world's best vacation buddies because we like yeah. to give space and there's kind of content where we are. I think that actually applies to our conversation, obviously on the podcast, but even in non-recording situations where it's like, oh, that was a free-flowing conversation with no boundaries and it lasted two hours. Let's yeah, because go somewhere else. Because we could take a left turn or a right turn at any moment and neither of us cares. We'll just go, oh, we're talking about that now. Well, it works well. I think one thing that helps, though, if you think about it, I mean, obviously I can't stand you. You're a blue. I, I get it. And I'm a yellow. Yep. Opposite ends of the spectrum. Which I am both, actually. I'm a secondary blue. But anyway. I am not secondary yellow. I think between our upbringing... Pretty similar. Yeah, very. Especially theologically and yep. socially. Church uh, Where we are now, pretty close theologically. Yeah. We enjoy sports. Yeah, we do. Uh, enjoy talking about them and connecting with people on a limited basis. So it works well. I think our hangy outedness. Oh, <laughs> Well, and I will say, we, of course, we've been informed that if certain of our friends uh, check out mentally when we start talking sports and they check back in when we get to the topic at hand i found out that you know my sister-in-law my wife's sister mallory who don't, don't regularly she regularly listens does she turn out my fluff she she checks out when we talk sports oh now dear man that's okay yeah her, she checks her loss out. your loss mallory you're still a friend yeah but i bet look if, if she started watching green bay packer football you know, just loving the organization, loving history, America's she, team, she li- title town. She'd wait be wearing a, a no, you know, she'd be wearing a Green Bay's not America's team. You're Green gonna Bay get, is you're America's getting feedback on that, Larry. Team. Larry, get him. Our fan base travels. Baby. Get him. You can't even get to Lambeau Field. You don't have enough seats because they can't make any more Lambeau Field. <laughs> no, I. It's she married a football player, so. She's she's lived that life. I bet she's a Packer fan. I get good feelings from her, so <laughs> I bet she's a part of the pack. Pack Nation, baby. Like I said, I'm super loopy, so I apologize, friends, Darren. Uh, we're we're going to keep it on track. We're going to do our best here. We, we got four works of the flesh we're going to be working through today, so bear with us here. The reason why we're doing four instead of one or two or three, can't do five. No, four is the limit. Six is really pushing it. Yeah. Um, seven, uh, we don't have Too enough. Much, no. So anyway, we're, we got four. Uh, it's our heart to have the works of the flesh to end coinciding with the fruit of the Spirit. So we're combining some of the more similar works of the flesh, but we are following them chronologically according to the ESV. If you use different translations, they use some different words like where the ESV would use one word to convey a certain work of the flesh. Other translations would use two or three different variants of that word. Which I believe you're going to give us a little bit of education later on about that very thing. (laughs) I can't stop doing that. I cannot stop comparing translations. It is so eye-opening. So it just works well to combine some works of the flesh that are very similar in nature, so that way we can... Talk about them in context and get through it in a timely manner, which apparently Baptists are really bad at. And nothing worse than someone preaching for 40-plus minutes. Yeah, but that never happens here. Who would do that? We never have that happen here. So the series. See, I'm I'm dragging so low. It's like, what are we talking about here? Preaching or works of flesh? Our series is called flesh v spirit flesh v spirit hold on hold on friend i'm friends get another swig of of this kool-aid get another swig of that kool-aid oh yeah oh yeah i get it it works i think it's fermented a little bit and that's my problem (laughs) 
Uh, but anyway, we have been going through this series, Flesh v. Spirit, comparing certain works of the flesh, which is any person who's ever lived outside of Christ, without a relationship with Jesus Christ, a personal relationship with Jesus. Uh, they are motivated by their own nature, which is what Scripture refers to as flesh. Default position. Yeah, default position, bad stuff, things like um, idolatry, sorcery, impurity, just bad things. And outside of relationship with Jesus Christ, the fruit of our life will be things like that, bad, fleshy, blast stuff. But when someone comes to accept Christ, the Spirit of Jesus enters into our being, our soul, our conscience, our mind, and through that, certain fruit begins to be produced in our life. Things like hope, love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness is coming up next week. That's going to be really interesting. That is going to be interesting. I don't know how I feel about that one yet. I'm not a very gentle person, so I'm a little bit. I'm a little bit too gentle. So we we could probably work it out. But really, what's important to remember, we're talking about the fruits of the Spirit, not gifts of the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit working inside of us, changing us from the inside out to where we grow in those areas compared to any time we step outside of the Spirit or lose, really just focus on the gospel, the end product will be the works of the flesh. Bad, bad things. And today we have four of them. Darren, are you ready for the four things? I'm, I'm ready. The four works of the flesh that we're going to be discussing. First, uh, we're going to be discussing... Uh, wait, let me back up here. Sorry. Uh, we're going to be talking about fits of anger. Never have them. Rivalries. Nope. Dissensions. Don't know what it is. And divisions. Never seen it. All right. So we got those four. Bear with us. We'll just take a couple minutes and discuss both. Darren. Well, I'm going to be talking from ignorance because I've never experienced any of these. I told you about 30 minutes ago, I've never seen you angry. So there is some, I don't think I've seen you angry outside of basketball. I've seen you angry playing basketball. What, what about no, the time I've you and I argued perturbed. at Tudors? I don't think you're really mad. I think you're more annoyed. Yeah, we were just passionate about what we were talking about. <laughs> it's like, I think you're more annoyed. <laughs> yeah. At, in the end, we didn't care. Like, and, I, and in your defense, I have a very punchable face, and I can come across as a total snot, I think. Like a little smart aleck doo-doo head. So, so basketball, we've only played twice. Did I get mad both times? Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes. But. Dang it. I didn't. <laughs> and we balanced each other out. I, I don't know if that's how it works. But <laughs> well, you have said before, and you've mentioned even on Sunday mornings in your teaching, that your default, whenever someone brings something up to you that you don't like, whatever that looks like, but you don't like what you're hearing, you're, you're, you fall back to anger. Is that wrong? Am I? Yeah. Like you get angry when someone's like, hey, you should have done this this way. Or Yeah, I don't, I don't get hurt. Um, I don't get offended. Uh, I, don't, I don't like retreat. I, I get I, it's anger. And, and it's not, you know, I don't, I don't know that a lot of people get around me and are, and are afraid I'm going to blow up. I don't think that's it. I don't think people come to me with things going, he's going to get angry. Walking but, on eggshells? Yeah, I, I really hope people don't. I mean, if, you, if you're like that around me, please tell me, because like, I don't think that's the case. But, uh, but yeah, it is, it is anger. It's defensiveness. Um, and and I, know, I know I have my – I understand why I go there, because if, if I were to come to you and say, hey, um, this is what – I feel I've prayed through, taken some time. As a church, as the lead elder, this is what I think our student ministry should look like. And you were to immediately start telling me why you wouldn't think that would work and we need to go a different direction. My default position would be defensiveness and anger. And it's because I've put thought into it, I've been praying through it, and and I thought I had reached a point. And, uh, and what it goes back to is just I don't want to have to deal with it. And so it's like, how dare you question my, you know, my plan? Because I've already thought it out, and I don't want to have to think it out again. <laughs> and so, yeah, I've, I'm known to fits of anger on the basketball court. My anger 
I hope you don't mind me bringing that up. I'm not trying to. Because I'm honest about it. My primary reason for anger on the court now is a preconceived notion of what I think I should be able to do, and I'm just not able to do it anymore. And so I'm I'm frustrated with myself. Your mind's like, let's do this. Yeah, and then I'm not as good as you once were, but you were good once. I'm, but I'm also, but I'm not as good once as I ever was. But um, but I do I do have to say I've figured out a way to control that. Is prior to going to play basketball, I make sure to tell at least one to two people that I'm gonna keep. uh, I'm not gonna put on my diva pants. (laughs) That's that's our uniform. (laughs) I'm not the diva on the diva pants. Grassroots divas. If I, if I say I'm not going to put on my diva pants, so what it is, when I go to play basketball, I'm going to go have fun, I'm going to play hard, enjoy, but I'm not going to get angry. And in all honesty, it's I haven't gotten mad in a while because I just go and enjoy it because I'm telling myself I'm not going to put on my diva pants. No, you're fine. I, I think that most of the criticism towards you comes from you because <laughs> I think you feel guilty whenever you do get overly competitive. But let me ask you this. Unless I'm missing something in my own being i don't really think i'm an angry person uh my response is not usually anger at first i do have a temper but it takes a while to get there and it's like a quick hot flash where i blow up and then immediately like oh i've got to fix this which i think i've talked before about the podcast as a parent being a dad just being pushed being pushed being pushed snap big explosion and then a nanosecond later it's like oh no 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 that's, that's not right. So it, it takes me a while to get to a place where I lose my temper. I'm not a very angry guy. Now, in the situation that you're talking about someone coming up to you whenever you've made plans, if I made plans for GSM and you come up to me and are like, hey, you need to do youth ministry this way. Here are some ideas. I this, mean, this, I've this. only got 12 years of youth experience. Yeah, I mean, just yeah, for no reason. Yeah. I mean, you know. yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't go to anger. I go to, I hate me. I stink. I'm a terrible person. Just off the edge. Self-loathing, or as you put it, now Mark, self-defecation. But here's, you brought it up earlier, and and I remembered, I had forgotten about the situation until you brought it up, where something had happened um, in the church, and I, and I talked to you about it, and you were like, what did I say? I was like, you didn't say anything. You've you didn't say something they wanted to hear. You're like, yeah, but what did I do? And I'm like, you didn't do anything. And and it like, it was really actually, I think it was a little bit of what we're explaining here. I started getting angry, but you were in the self-deprecation mode of like, what could I have done? What it's like, nothing. But that, yeah, that's your default. Yeah, I took it personal. We did have some folks excuse themselves from our lovely organization because of something I did not say, and that's just hard for me to wrap my mind around. During a teaching, there were some things I did not say because they just it wasn't in scripture. <laughs> and you were telling me that you're like, "Hey, just want to let you know, certain individuals are upset." And I was like, "What did I do?" You're like, "Well, it's not what you did. It's like you didn't say that." And I'm like, "Well, it wasn't in scripture." You're like, "I know. I'm agreeing with you." And it's like, "But what else can I do?" And after like five minutes, that you're like, "Oh my gosh, you're not <laughs> listening." I'm telling. It's like, "Oh, you're being serious. You're not yeah. sugarcoating this." So bits of anger. I don't struggle with uh, per se. I think everybody has a temper. There are certain buttons that everybody has. And I'm sure if we ask Jesse, she could probably give more insight to that. But when I see it, it, it says fits of anger, and that's the ESV. Weirdly enough, these four words, these four works of the flesh, are the same almost between the New King James Version and the message. And both of them, instead of saying fits of anger, they say, um, outburst of wrath. See, okay, to me, that feels like two different things. Fits of anger, like if you say fits of anger, to me that seems like a temper tantrum. Oh, I do too. Like a, it's, you almost don't, don't throw a fit. Yeah, it's a temper tantrum. Have you ever seen an adult throw a fit? But, oh, yeah. <laughs> but, but the outbursts of wrath feel like you know, what you taught on Samson going and lighting the fields of the Philistines on fire because they, you know, they were mean to him and his family or whatever. Or, or was that when he actually, they actually burned his ex-fiance or I don't know. Oh, but, he burned down the field first and then they, oh, okay. then they burned his uh, wife and in-laws. Yeah. So like tit for tat. To me, that seems like an outburst of wrath. 
Sorry, I'm trying to double check myself. Uh, again, this is you coming from Galatians 5:22. Before you wreck yourself. Oh, I can't get to it right now. But I do think, Darren, I'm going to agree with you. There are some folks who their temper is so outside of control that it is like watching a child throw a temper tantrum. And there's no way to appease someone. Are you looking it up? Yep. I couldn't find it. I didn't know if I had time. Uh, but that's that's devastating because we talked about peace a few weeks ago, maybe about a month ago. It's like the spe- in the spirit there is peace. So if someone brings up even a difficult topic to you or criticism, we have the peace of Jesus Christ in us. We should be able to tolerate that. To respond with wrath or with anger, not only detrimental to ourselves, but you know how many bad things happen? Like people get hurt. People die when someone can't control their anger or their temper. They hurt themselves or they hurt others. So when we talk about sin, all sin, no matter how big or how small, all sin will eventually lead to pain, suffering, and death. And I think this fits of anger is perfect for that. You know, road rage. People are getting shot because of road rage now. Like, you got three-year-old kids. Sorry, this is pretty messed up, but it happened uh, about last year. There was a woman who had her three-year-old grandson in the back seat. And someone did something, another driver did something to her, and she gave them an unkind gesture. So they pulled out a gun and shot through the back of the car and killed the three-year-old. Golly. Fits of anger. And that is unfortunate, and that's why if we can't control our anger and our emotions, people get hurt. And this is a good example of that. What does Uh, it say? The message says a brutal temper. A brutal temper? Oh, even better. Maybe I read the wrong one. Maybe I got a different message. (laughs) You had the new message translation. A brutal temper? Brutal temper. So does that mean it's okay to have a temper as long as it's not brutal? Well, a gentle Scripture temper. is clear. It says, Scripture says, uh, be angry, but sin not. So there is righteous anger. Um, but, yeah, I, I look at this when we talk about whether it's fits of anger, uh, brutal temper, or outburst of vengeance or whatever, we said, but when you look at this, the heart of it is we're not controlling emotions and we're lashing out. We're allowing the situation to read us instead of us reading the situation. And there are some situations, like you said, you should be angry. I was listening to the atroc- listening to the news and they were talking about the atrocities committed by the Russian armed military against the Ukrainian women. Like girls that are yeah, fourteen that should years old, make us angry. or you know, whenever they use an illegal, internationally banned weapon called a cluster bomb, yeah, to kill to 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 send that bomb right in the middle of a train station with women and children, and to on the rocket right for the children. Yeah, that makes me pretty mad. Yeah, but if we can't control that, because for me, my initial reaction would be like, all right, let's go over there and flip that place upside down. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Take a step back. If we act in anger, we will hurt somebody or hurt ourselves. It's very dangerous. Yeah, because gotta if, get that one. If we act in anger, we're going to be acting on our own volition. We're going to be acting with our own outcome in mind instead of being controlled by the spirit. Which we're sitting here saying, a work of the flesh is fits of anger, and and the work of the spirit is long suffering and patience and gentleness and kindness. And so. Uh, if we're being controlled by our if we're being controlled by our anger, then we are being controlled by the flesh. Mm-hmm. So, and yeah. So if it, and I know people do, especially men. I think tend to struggle with anger. Too much testosterone sometimes. Uh, take a step back, take a deep breath, and just think about what it is that's actually making you angry. Because a lot of the times, I feel like it's us. Like we're upset with ourselves. Like what you were talking about, Darren. That's a good point you made. It's like my frustration on the court's not so much people. It's that I can't do what I want to do. It's like it's a we're mad at ourselves, and we got to reconcile that. You figure that one out. You you're, you're good hey, to go. I'm gonna I'm gonna revolutionize somebody's life right now. Whoa! Here we go. I'm gonna drink some Kool Aid to that one. <laughs> I just said it. What it is? It's an unmet expectation on the court. I have a preconceived idea in my mind. I'm going to be able to fulfill A, B, C, and D, okay? And I get on the court, and I'm just not able to do that. For what reason? I'm older. 
I play once a week. Uh, my teammates are doing things that they shouldn't. The other team's doing things they should. Whatever reason, I had a preconceived notion. I had an expectation, and it went unmet. That's why I got angry. So I want you to think about, um, have you ever gone into a situation, okay? You got to, this is why commercials suck, okay? Commercials sell you an ideal, all right? They're trying to sell you the new vacuum cleaner that can pick up both wet and dry spills, and so they show your child dropping their juice and their cereal on the floor. And the mom smiles and goes, you could, and goes and gets the vacuum. What mother looks at their child, spill their juice and cereal, and, and smiles? Man, I'll do you one the same. I don't understand pharmace- pharmaceutical commercials, like drug commercials, like Lipitor. Ask your doctor about Lipitor. What doctors prescribe, they have to, based on your insurance and other factors. Who walks into the dog and be like, oh, I saw a commercial. They were talking about Lipitor, and oh, my gosh, it looks so good. Why about Lipitor? I know that Who it happens. That? I People... know that it happens. But, but that's what the commercials sell you an ideal. So have you ever been, like, maybe you're on your way home from work, and Jesse and the girls are home, and you're like, man, I can't wait to get home to the family. I can't wait home. I can't wait to spend time at home. Maybe it's a beautiful day. We're going to get out in the yard, you know, and the dog's going to run and the cat's going to frolic and it's going to be a beautiful night. And you get home and Jesse's had a bad day. Uh, you know, the kids are hungry and, and she's trying to get food in them and the dog has made it to run outside and you're trying to catch the dog and the cat is actually like peeing in one of your house plants. Um, that one I just threw in. I don't know that that's ever happened. Vader. So, yeah, but... Um, but you had this, and, and all of a sudden you're angry. Why are you angry? Because you had an expectation of what the day was going to look like when you got home, and it was different. Think about going to work. You're like, oh, uh, when you were at the Greenbrier, I know that there were five tours scheduled today, and it takes this long to do each tour, so I know this is what to expect. And you show up, and one of the other tour guides wasn't able to be there, and there's now actually seven tours scheduled, and you have to do all of them. And it's like you have this expectation going into work, and now it's not there. It's different, and now you're angry. Like, I think if people are able to step back, like you just said, why are you, who are you really mad at here? Yeah, it's a lot of times what you realize is you had an expectation, and it wasn't met, and that's why you're angry. It's like frustration breeds frustration it's like for children in particular whenever they're throwing a fit and then they're you can tell they're ashamed of themselves for throwing a fit which makes them even more upset it's a nuclear explosion yeah but fits of anger motivated by the flesh uh not big time. a not a fruit of the spirit but that's why I, I, I i've tried to like start telling people this a an uncommunicated desire becomes an unmet expectation so if, if write that down, friends, <laughs> an uncommunicated desire becomes an unmet expectation. So if you wanted to record today, you're like, man, I'd love to be able to record. And you have it in your head, Thursday, Darren and I are going to record. And then Thursday morning comes and you text me, you're like, hey, man, you want to record today? I'm like, dude, I've got meetings all day. And now you're frustrated. It's like, man, I wanted to record. Now we don't get to hang out. I'm not going to get breakfast or get lunch with them. We're not going to be able to get, we're going to be late on the pot. Maybe we have to meet Friday. It's like there was a desire you had that was uncommunicated that became an unmet expectation. Yeah, I've, I've, I've said this phrase. This is kind of what you're talking about, but an Adam version of it in a less well-thought-out way. Easy to misinterpret it, which is why there are a lot of shortcomings in what I'm about to say. It's like if you don't expect to be happy, you'll be a lot happier. For example, if I think to myself, Kind of what you're talking about. If I'm like, man, I've had a tough day, I'm going to go put my headphones on, turn on the Xbox, and play some Madden. Playing Madden will make me happy. I look forward to it, go home, play some Madden, and I lose, which I did lose to the Jets the other day. I am so inconsistent on the new that, Madden for the New York console. That is pretty bad. I'm terrible. That is pretty bad. Couldn't do anything. No, I had no <laughs> offense. It was, it was messed up. That made me pretty upset. But I went into it. I expected to be happy. If we expect something to make us happy outside of it's just not... It's just not going to work. Anything outside of Christ is not going to fulfill your happiness. So if I play, like, hey, I'm going to play Madden and just try to enjoy it for what it is, no, I don't expect it to make me happy. And the next thing you know, I I beat, I don't know, who's the best team? Uh, 
Who won the Super Bowl? Wasn't Cincinnati? Who won the Super Bowl? Uh, L.A. Sure. Kansas. Kansas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sorry, that was the, the Red uh, NCAA. But anyway, it, it's like, oh, cool. I had a great time, and I, you know, won a game. I know that's a petty example, but don't expect things to make us happy. But it, it's easy to get frustrated whenever that thing's not making me happy. It's like I was mad and supposed to make me happy, and it didn't make me happy. And if so, <sighs> that's what you're saying. If you're angry, step back, assess the situation. Who or what are you angry at? Why? And it there is that fits of anger. It's that that outburst. You know, it like scripture says, be angry and sin not. We can be, you can read about what's going on over in Ukraine and be angry about the injustice and the violence and, and the the gross atrocities that are going on. And and that is that is a righteous feeling to have towards it. We can hear about the millions of babies in our country that have been aborted and be angry about that, and that is righteous. But it's the outburst of our anger that we are then controlled by the flesh. Yeah, I I've, I've broken one controller my entire life because of video games, and it was so pathetic. <laughs> I don't even remember what game it was. It's uh, it was a year and a half ago. This summer will be two years. I have no idea what game I was playing. I got so frustrated. I was holding the controller, and I just bent it really hard. I was like, darn it. It just snapped. It just got to you. I was like, well, all right. And I just walked downstairs like, yeah, Jesse, going to Walmart. Then Walmart didn't have a controller. Uh, all right, hold on a second And that's here. God saying, Adam? I went to Walmart, and I was like, I couldn't find any Xbox controllers, so I went up to the desk waited for way too long before someone to recognize my existence and uh, finally someone was like uh can i help you and i was like yeah i was looking for an xbox controller do you have any they go, did you see any back there i'm like no i couldn't find them i guess we don't have any that's what they said and it's like <laughs> so let me let me interpret this situation you had the expectation that walmart was going to have controllers and then when they didn't you had the expectation that an employee would pay attention to you and they didn't and then when they did pay attention to you, you had the expectation that they would lead you to the holy grail of Xbox controllers. It was the same summer I was super obsessed with Hamilton, so I know it was two years ago. All right, that's uh, Bits of Anger. That's a very, very dark, dangerous work of the flesh. Because we talk about it in an abstract of sin will cause pain, suffering, and death. And this is, I think, one of the most practical ways that happens. Hey, Darren, real quick, off the top of your head, who's your number one rival? Go. My number one rival? Anybody who likes the University of Michigan. That's, that's a good answer. That's pretty good. Because you hate Wolverines. Yeah. Can't even stand X-Men because I'm... Uh, don't even like them. I'm an Ohio State guy, so that's what, when we looked at rivals... Like, I was thinking, what's wrong with rivalries? You know, it's a, it makes the game better, you know, between Ohio State and Michigan. It makes the game better when, you know, my now Cleveland Guardians play anybody from the Central Division. It makes the game better. But we're not talking about a game. We're talking about life. We're talking about life. And the first thing I was thinking of when it, you know, mentioning rivals. Obviously, I'm thinking church base. I was thinking inside the church and just churches within the community. I think rivals, rivalries inside church. Our church body, grassroots, we should be united in the gospel, united in fellowship, united in serving. It's not us against them inside grassroots church. It's not AV versus worship. It's not Oaks versus GSM. We're all on the same team here. So, in the flat, look, it's really hard to get along with someone who has different opinions and different views. Then you, it, it is a discipline and an exercise that can only be executed by a supernatural power to be bound together in unity in a church body with people who are so different. I mean, people, our grassroots is so eclectic. Eclectic? That's the right word. Is that fair? You know, with different denominational backgrounds, with um, different views on eschatology, different views on, I mean, so many different things. We cannot, which would happen if we're in the flesh, let those differences make us versus them. And then I was also thinking more community-based. This is, this is painful because I, do we have a rival church? No, but sometimes, as Leader Grassroots Church, 
I kind of wonder, it's like, well, how many people go to that church? Oh, they're doing this? Well, we need to do this. We're not against it. We're not on different teams. We're on the same team. That's how I was thinking about rivalries. Darren, what do you got? Well, when I – rivalries, I, as you were talking, I'm sitting here thinking about the idea of uh, other churches, even though maybe they believe differently. And when I, when I say that, I mean, like, they, they do love Jesus and, and strive to be biblical, okay? Um, like, our good friend Ike, who's the pastor at the local Presbyterian church, like, their church in no way is a rival of ours. Uh, we had a family visit here that moved into the area, and then they went and visited uh, Ike's, you know, the Presbyterian church. And he and I were talking about it, and we're like, whichever one they end up at will be a good church. And they, they landed at his church. I'm like, they landed at a good church with a good pastor, and they're going to hear the word of God, and they're going to be discipled well. And it's like, there is no rivalry there. Um, but I, I think about rivalries the reason that would be a work of the flesh, the flesh working its way out, is we do want the the us versus them, the I'm better than you, the let me prove to you who's superior yeah, and, type and of the, mindset. Especially with churches. If a church looks at another church and thinks we're beating you, what the heck does that mean? Like, what does that mean? But, I mean... I, I sense that, like, you know, listening to different preachers and teachers and different ministers, it's kind of like, man, they're winning. Wait, what are they winning? Like, oh, I feel like they're winning. How? What does that even mean? And then that easily blends itself over into action. Instead of trying to pursue unity and exercising that discipline in the spirit of like, look, the only thing that matters is, you know, Christ, death, and resurrection that bonds us together. And then we can work on the differences. But letting other things get in the way, it does hinder kingdom Gospel-centered work—it's a—it's a hindrance, it, and that's what we do by nature. It's funny, like yeah. human. Think think about all the different like tribes we have as humans always had. It's sad. Well, you you we by nature we fight wars and kill people who are different. You touched on it. It's something. It always sparks my memory to the KB uh, Christian rap artist who whose lyrics said, "Your Christians fight other Christians because they don't want to fight the devil." It, it's easier to fight other Christians and, and try to elevate your over yourself over them than actually try to build the kingdom. And it's hard. But it's so beautiful, too, at the same time. Because some of my best friends, see what I did there? Uh-huh. At Grassroots, completely different backgrounds. <laughs> and I love it. And I love their perspectives. And I respect them. It's good, healthy growth. But rivalries, that's what we do by default. Next thing you know, wars are fought. And then people get sad bad flesh. Well, and that's what I think, because you tied all these together, and I think they do go together, where if we've got these outbursts of anger, it can lead to rivalries, okay, because all of a sudden, the way somebody is interacting with me or doing something that I'm, I want to elevate myself over them, and it can come through, you know, because of an outburst of anger or whatever, and then those rivalries end up causing dissension and division. Yeah, and I got to be careful because I joke about Things like that all the time. I literally live in between a Presbyterian church and a Methodist church. <laughs> and Literally. Potter will start barking at a car going by, and Jesse's like, what's going on? And I was like, yeah, Potter saw another Methodist. <laughs> it's just fun. I, I'm not not a big denominational guy in that sense. But boo, rivalries. Well, can I can – you, can you let me correct something real quick just to be goofy? Yeah, please. You live between a Methodist church building. And a Presbyterian church oh, building. being that guy. I am. Be, hey, but in, in your defense, I'm that guy too. I'll message anything. See you at church on Sunday, preacher. I cringe texting that. And it's funny because you'll never comment, but you always like it. Hey, friends, if anybody is on a group thread with me and Darren, go back and just look at how many times that happens. <laughs> just don't repeat it. Just don't say it in person. Make sure there's distance because you heard us talk about anger. Uh, good way to exercise grace, I guess. Now, the next one is dissensions. I think this one's pretty simple. Darren, did you look into dissensions like off the top of your head before? Because I feel like I've been spouting off early on the first two. I'll let yeah, you the dissensions I two. looked into it, it's actually, and it because, again, dissensions and divisions right there, it actually means um, disagreement, but it's disagreement that leads to discord. 
So, so what you were just talking about, um, you, you have people, friends in the church that have different belief systems. Your, your group right now is going through a series in Revelation that y'all have differing views on, but you're still a group. You're I'm still sure all brothers. seven of us have seven sisters. Different views. Yeah, and you're your family in Christ, and and so it's like these dissensions. It's not just oh, we agree on everything that's going on. We agree on every doctrine, and if we don't agree, then you're not on board. It's no, no. It's it's dis- disagreement that is fueled by the flesh that leads to that uneasiness, the unsettledness, and ultimately division. I was thinking making, because I agree, absolutely, 100%, uh, more applicable for me. I was thinking, how, what, what would this look like in, in my life? Making mountains out of molehills. Little petty things that people, they, they suddenly make the biggest deal out of something that probably just doesn't matter. And then being over dramatic and passionate about those areas of dissent, it does divide because a lot of people are, you know, if, it, if it's a petty issue, you're going to have more opinions about it. And there are obviously bigger foes to fight. So people who are a little bit more mature are focusing on something huge and then someone else is looking at something really small. And man, it's hard to get on the same page. So making mountains out of molehills, uh, parking. Like if someone was to be like, hey, we need to do parking this way. And they keep bringing it up and up and up and up. And it's like, and then they, and then they, we get a whole army behind them to change the parking. It's like, what are we doing? Which is why grassroots, we really try, especially as elders. We want to be accountable. We want to be open. If you all have any ideas or suggestions, let us know. We'll talk to you about it. And if we ignore it, no, I'm kidding. I want to ignore you. Well, I was going to bring something up. Uh, as elders, we have um, kind of taken the covenant community and given us each list that, hey, those are the ones we want you to contact, keep in, in touch with. And we started this year off with contacting people and going, hey, uh, I'm your elder for the year. You know, if you need anything, let me know. Uh, is there any suggestions you have right now or any concerns? And most of the ones I've talked to have just been like, nope, no, we're good. We'll let you know if any. But talking to Gina here recently, and she was like, I did have something. And and she's smiling the whole time because well, of she. Of course, that I means Gina. Yeah. I mean, it was funny. She goes, can we change the color of the curtains in theater one? Because we've got the blue with the red, so it gives you kind of a carnival vibe. Can we just put some white stripes around it? America. <laughs> people sometimes hey, some people do like flags behind, which we're not going to do. But it's not happening. But uh, easy fix, white paint. But Bam. yeah, she was like, "Can we?" And so I think that's the type of thing where you're. She's like, her honest opinion is she would love to see a different color curtain just because it does look so like circus but she's not going to die on that hill but she was like you know she literally followed up she's like i don't really care but it'd be awesome if we did change it but if she were to continue like why haven't we changed that yet i brought it up do it you know you guys said if there's ideas let me know and i've talked to you guys and you know even i've talked to the deacons and i've started talking to other people well now you've taken a disagreement into the realm of dissension because you are creating discord. discord. So, Gina, here's what here's what you should do. The family get together in a couple weeks. Week from Sunday. We have a good visual aid, the actual theater. You stand up and you own it. And, I'd like uh, to take a church vote right now. How can we even change theater curtains? Like, how in the world I, do you order theater curtains? First of all, it would be a lot of money because it's a lot of fabric. But I think what we can do, and I'd love to do it, is take the red down and put up dark gray. Because then it would be like that bright blue with a dark gray. It'd be much more muted. I think it'd look good. I uh, recuse myself. But you know what? This is what I love. I was talking to Gina and Ryan about it. Gina and Ryan were both, we were totally in agreement. Our whole group was in agreement that was here last night. It was like, that would be awesome to do. Just because it would look nicer. But it's like, but you know how much better things that money could be spent on like curtains in theater too see boom you get it 
Boom, a new you projector in theater two. <laughs> we don't, why don't, don't we, 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 we wouldn't even need one. I don't know. Why not? Match match the new curtains we're getting. <laughs> Do you know what's funny is in, in our theater, like this building, there are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight televisions. <laughs> nine. Nine televisions. Yeah? Like Every room a has number. at least we need, one. We need 10, because let's round up a little bit. This isn't even including computer monitors. Do you have anything in Connect, connect Room? Yeah, there's a, there's a smart TV in there. Oh, yeah, it is right. <laughs> Dude, it's like, how many TVs do we need in this building? It's okay. But a couple of years ago, televisions were very affordable. It's not like we're buying any, any new television right now. Things are too expensive. Hey, and speaking of the current state of society, divisions. That, well, those aren't. We're so unified as a nation right now. Isn't it sad, Darren, that if divisions is a work of this of the flesh, and you look at the current state of our country, the only logical conclusion that I come to with these truths is that uh, America needs Jesus way, way more than we could imagine. Way more, always have. Well, and we can step away because ultimately we can say, listen. A large portion of the country is not Christian, so yeah, that that would seem to be, you know, a normal thing. But the state of the church in America so divided; it, it's very divided, and it goes back to what we've been talking about, where we allow disagreements to be hills we die on, and it leads to dissension and discord and then division instead of caring more about the gospel and more about our brother and sister in Christ than we do care about being right. And I'm saying that real quick. I'm super guilty. I think we all are. Yeah. Uh, I was going to mention politics. Now, I'm probably one of the most politically charged Folks in grassroots, I just keep my opinions to myself. I share them with you. Jesse, I think I would only put two people ahead of you. You're one of the one. you're one of the top politically. You you but you enjoy not just being informed, but the process and all that. So it's not I, just it's not, I it's love not politics. It's not really it's, emotional for me. It's just inner I like the inner workings of politics and I feel how bad for you sometimes out. because you're like you start talking about certain things, I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, welcome to my like, you should you should meet Jesse. <laughs> my girl. But it is heartbreaking that the the body of Christ can become so divided over contemporary politics. And you're talking about owning it. It's like, yeah, I'm kind of guilty too because I've seen I've I see those political posts out there, friends. <laughs> and sometimes I see something that's like, oh, wait, it's just a political view. It's yeah. not worth the fight. If it's not worth it's not worth hitting send. It's just well, and churches churches splitting over, you know, a remodel of a building. Churches splitting over. Are we going to do contemporary music or hymns? Um, Bible it, translations. Yeah, the division. Well, I'll tell you, I'll, I'll fight if any. I can't stand the message, man. I know you love it's bringing it so up. It's so entertaining because I know it makes you, you mad it up, in the words think, that it uses. I think if somebody brutal temper. if somebody showed up on Sunday morning that was reading the scripture and they're like, "Today I want to read out of the message," I would I would have a fit of anger. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I would have there, a fit there, of anger. There is, there is scripture involved, so we should we should mm. Mm. debatable. <laughs> <laughs> but I, you're like, let's just read the kids' storybook Bible. Yeah, hey, that thing's. The Jesus Storybook Bible is legit. Does it have a ESV tag to it or NASB with it? I believe so, actually. Yeah, I, I believe so. Sorry, it's that's shout out, a hey, preference. Sh- shout out to the NASB. I I miss it sometimes because I'm pretty much all Good ESV. Translation. Although I occasionally I don't use Bible apps anymore. I just Google the verses. So Galatians five I'll, for today's podcast, for example, to prepare, I Google Galatians five ESV which makes me oddly aware of the RSV because of typos. Yeah. I'm reading through something. It's like, what is, uh, I did it again. Or the ASV. It's not that good. The um, American Standard Version. 
the NASB is a, is a pretty good. Oh, it's great. Pretty good version. It's a good read. It's very it's very close to King James, which is I mean, it's just my background. It's Wait, a, yeah, it's I a told more fluid you fluid read for me, but verses that I have memorized. They're memorized in the King James Version because that's what I grew up with. But ESV works so well because it's a good middle ground. It's like very good translation, very good. super readable, very accurate. If so somebody it's just best wants, of all worlds. if somebody wants a version of the Bible that's that's like you're reading it early in the morning, maybe where your brain's not totally engaged, but you want to read Scripture, like the New Living Translation. There's a few things in there I don't like, but by and large, just very readable, very like narrative style. It, it's but to preach out of it, it's terrible. Same thing with the. I actually enjoy the NIV because it's so prevalent. Like if I can almost guarantee you, if you just Google Galatians five, the first translation that'll pop up is NIV. Very the most read, yeah, version internationally. It's pretty good. But that's what things like this that divide the church. When we look at the the four topics that we're looking at, or three top, no four, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions. When we see those as outworkings of the flesh. You and I have been on this. We're going to talk about it Sunday, Easter Sunday. It's going to be a part of the topic, the the why behind the what. Why is God against anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions? Like, why are these things that he said, if you're following your flesh, that's what happens. But if you're following the Spirit, it's not what happens. Why are those things? Like, if I want to be divided with you and not talk with you and discuss anything, who's that hurt? That doesn't hurt anybody. It doesn't hurt me. It doesn't hurt you. We just don't talk. You know, if we're rivals, then I do my thing. You do your thing. I'll do it better. You might do it. Like, what's the big deal? I will use an illustration to answer your question, if I may. And I shall take a drink of my nasty diet, Dr. Pepper, as you do. Why is it nasty? I can't stand Dr. Pepper. What? I really can't. Like, my whole family loves it, and I do not like Dr. Pepper. You might be the only person I've... I'm not even a big fan of pop, but it's like my second favorite pop. Mountain Dew is my my absolute go-to. I love Mountain Dew, but I can't... I don't like Dr. Pepper. Regular Mountain Dew? Yeah, I like... Well, anything except diet. I like Mountain Dew Zero, regular Mountain Dew. I like Code Red, uh, Livewire... I like all those. I don't like Baja Blast that much. Uh, which, we, but guess you know what we tried. Do you know what they have? You ever had flaming hot Cheetos? Yeah, flaming hot Cheetos are amazing. Love them. Yeah, they have a flaming hot Mountain Dew. Really? Dead serious. Now, how, how was that? It's it's got the the typical citrus flavor Mountain Dew. It's a red Mountain Dew, very citrusy, very good. It it does not taste like flaming hot. Okay, like the flavor on anything flaming, but after you get done drinking it. You feel the burn in your throat. I don't know how I feel about spicy drinks. Spicy food is awesome, but spicy drink is it, it, it's uh, wild. It's because you got and this Mountain Dew out of all drinks. This sweet Mountain Dew drink. It's good flavor, and all of a sudden you're like, hmm, my throat's spicy. Do you think one day someone was eating spicy or fire hot Cheetos and drinking Mountain Dew, and oops, dropped one in there, but they didn't know it, and they took a drink? Like, what is this? They're like, this tastes sweet. Mountain Dew is at, in their, my throat. at their board meeting. Be like, anybody have any ideas? Darren doesn't like Baja Blast or anything. <laughs> like, That's oh, what it was. The other day I dropped the Cheeto. So, yeah, why, why does it matter? I w- uh, we were – there was a girl – who was interning at my former workplace, and I can't remember where she, it was from Eastern Europe somewhere. I don't know if it was Hungary. It might have been Ukraine. I cannot remember the exact. It was Eastern Ukraine. I do remember that. Um, and I was talking to her during lunch, and I was like, it's, it's awesome that you're here because especially here in West Virginia, in this area, we need more diversity, which she was actually kind of finished. She's like, why? It's like, because we need a better perspective. We, we get so wrapped up in our culture, so wrapped up in our own society and I, I keep saying this so true. We are, I, even though I'm not materialistic, but I actually really am. The digger, it, it, the more down you deep, wait, the more you dig deep Say down. that again. <laughs> <laughs> the more dig down you deep. The more down you dig deep. The more dig down you deep. <laughs> but anyway, having someone to offer that fresh perspective, it is challenging that suddenly you have to like wrestle with the truth. We get bogged down in an echo chamber we lose a sense of direction. We need accountability. We need a fresh perspective so we can better understand ourselves. Another thing, because um, I've noticed, just kind of go off what Jesus was talking about. It's easier to see the, um, oh, what is it? The the 
Hold, I don't know. You have to down. Oh, what's it? What's it in someone's down. eye? Or oh, what is it? It's easier to see the oh the splinter the splinter in someone's eye instead of the blank in our own. Yeah. It's so easy for me to look at someone's life and be like, oh, you're about to walk off a cliff because you're doing some bad things, and it's easier for me to objectively analyze that. But it's so much harder for me to do that to myself because I'm biased when it comes to me. I need someone with a different perspective, with a different background, uh, a different opinion to break me of that it's you know what i mean like it's hard to see our own flaws because we're flawed the flawed cannot analyze the same flaw well and that's what at the at the center of these and everything you were just saying is at the center of them is me darren cherry yeah like the center of my world like the reason i can see so clearly you're about to fall off a cliff is because i'm falling off the cliff and, and so it's like I'm the center of the world. And, and so my fits of anger are based on my expectations and what I want to have happen. When I look at the, um, the rivalries, it's because I'm, you know, I think I'm better than the other person and I'll do it better. When I look at dissension, it's because things aren't going according to what I think they should. I don't agree with that. And not just I don't agree with that, but people need to know that I don't agree with that. And then division is you didn't do what I wanted you to do. And so now we're divided. And when you go the opposite of that, when it's like there's an anger, but I'm I'm gonna choose not to have an outburst. It, I'm not gonna let it control me. Yeah, I'm not gonna let it control like, me. I have certain emotions, I'm feeling certain things, but I'm not gonna let it dictate what I do. Then my anger is not going to negatively affect the people around me because of my outburst. Instead, I'm going to turn it over to God, okay? When I look at it and I say rivalries, the opposite of that is I'm working for unity. When you work for unity, okay, guess what goes away? Dissension and division. Because if you're working for unity, it doesn't always have to be your way. It doesn't always have to agree with what you think has to happen, okay? And so then we don't make mountains out of molehills, but we do find the right hills to die on, which is why you look at the grassroots belief statement. It's not a mile long. We included in our belief statement what we think are close-handed issues. Like, if you do not stand on the Word of God in these areas, then, then you're not going to have fellowship here at the church. If someone was to say that the that Scripture is fallible and has errors in it, and it's kind of true it's like yeah this we're not on the same page yeah and not even like you might enjoy the people here but you are you're really going to hate the church because it's like all we do is read scripture and teach scripture oh i use it as my excuse all the time like i was telling you earlier at lunch it's like someone gets upset like well i can't believe you shared that opinion i'm like oh it's not my opinion that's just what scripture says i'm just i'm just borrowing from it yeah and so that's why it matters to god because when you look at um the work of the flesh the flesh is at the center it's feeding the flesh. It's what I want. It's it's everything about me. It's not letting go of me, but it's everybody needs to get on Darren's page. And so when you look at the opposite of those things, you're working towards unity and the good of others. You are not needing to feel vindicated, you know, or justified or anything like that. You're working for, as you as we always say, the glory of God and the good of his church. Amen. Friends, we know this was a little bit long-winded. I'm sorry. I am off of my A-game today. It is, I, got, I do have one final question. Yeah. Then you have to answer it quick. Like, you can't, okay. you can't be like, why are you asking that? Or you can't, you can't make any comments. You can only answer the exact answer, and then you have to end the, the pod. Okay. All right. What size suit do you wear? I don't know. I usually wear large whatevers. Whatever large works. I think my, my arm is 36 length. Uh, my waist is, my pants are 34, 34. Uh, okay. That's all I need. Uh, yeah. That's the best I can do, friends. I'm so in trouble. I cannot believe you. I saw some tank tops at Walmart. And I was like, man, put me one of those. A suit's worse than a tank top, I think, for what we're talking about. Anyway, show up to uh, Easter Sunday, which is... Just a couple days from now to understand what that was all about. God help us all. Hey, friends, if you made it this far, you already know <coughs> excuse me, you already know you're awesome. 
But I'll tell you anyway, you're awesome. Hope this was a blessing to you. Please give us your feedback at grassroosswv.com, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, call, text, anything like that. Love to hear back from you. Appreciate everybody that has given us feedback. We're going to soon be doing a feedback podcast. So keep all that information coming. I promise we read everything. We see everything. If we haven't responded, we will. If not, we've talked about you behind your back. Because we love you. You're awesome. See you next time.